Welcome into the week 16 edition of DFS MVP alongside our director of DFS here at 444.com, TJ Hernandez. I'm Holden Kushner, and before we get started, TJ, you know, I actually have heard this song as well. <laughs> I prefer the original Chronic to yeah. Chronic 2001. By the way, the original Chronic, to me, the greatest rapper hip-hop album of all time. Definitely one of my five favorite albums of all time. And I also love the fact that Snoop and Dre were so high when they did this. They <laughs> taped it back in 1999. It came out in 2001. I know. like it's the You would think it's Chronic 2001 recorded in 2001, but nah. Uh, 1999, the, the next episode is the song that, that brought us in. You already mentioned it. Dre and Snoop. Uh, one of a, one of the classics there, and I I think I've got to agree with you. Uh, the original Chronic is if it's not number one, I think it's definitely got to be top three, top five for sure. Uh, that intro, all of the other intros that you hear every single week on this podcast are available on the DFS MVP Spotify playlist. Just go to Spotify, search DFS MVP, or you can find it on my Twitter. I tweet it out almost every week along with the podcast link and uh it's good lineup building music to have in the background every saturday night yeah well that's that album is the one well there's the bc boys too but that album kind of went rap used to be i went outside and it was bright yep. so then i went inside and i grabbed the light i mean that, that was rap and then <laughs> they sugar hill out. gang yeah <laughs> and then they come out they got jingle bells in the background they got eight people it was just an amazing amazing album all right here we go week 16 plays DK FanDuel, GPP and Cash. Our game theory segment, we're going back to the Yahoo values and plays. Also, our DFS MVP promo, 25% off after the price drop. I mean, if you don't get it, but you might as well just do it out of curiosity, TJ. Yeah. We're so late in this. Just try it. Yeah, at this point with, with the uh, 25% off, I mean, you're paying, what, 30 bucks. Uh, you're probably, if you, even if you haven't played DFS before, you're probably going to try out at least 20 bucks. Uh, so basically a buy-in and we still have plenty of time for DFS. We have this week, we have one more week in the regular season, and then three uh, good weeks in the playoffs through champion through championship week that we'll be putting out projections and analysis. So there's still plenty of time. There's going to be. Uh, there's always really nice prize pools during the playoff games. The strategy's a little different, and we're going to be running the podcast through Championship Week. So, uh, so if if you're thinking about trying it out, I definitely would encourage you to do that. No doubt about it. Um, so we're going to give our core plays at each position for the main slate. We got that theory segment, and we have two Saturday games again this week. Mm-hmm. I love Saturday NFL. We got five teams on the slate projected for 27-plus points. But really, our game totals, we only have one game that's hit 50 this week, and that would be the Chiefs and the Seahawks presently as we tape this sitting at 53. And you're saying the Cowboys are going to project as the most popular offense this week. Yeah, at least on uh, on the main slate, on 4 for 4, we do ownership projections every week. Part of that projection uh, looks at overall ownership for each offense, each passing game. Uh, right now, we have Dallas as the most popular offense in terms of combined ownership. Uh, but if we look at, at the slate as a whole or compare it to other weeks, we don't really have one team that is dominating 
ownership that much. If we look at the numbers from week to week, usually the the highest combined ownership for an offense is somewhere in, in the 90% range. Uh, this week, the Cowboys about 65% combined ownership on FanDuel low 70s on DraftKings, but for for combined ownership uh, for the most popular team that's actually pretty low so it's one of those weeks kind of like we talked about last week you can uh, plant your flag and, and on the players that you really like and if that core hits you're probably going to separate yourself from the field so we'll start with the Cowboys here and their quarterback mm-hmm. Dak Prescott 7300 fan duel so he's at a big discount yep. 5700 DK taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and he's at home and that's important because Dak scores about nine more points uh, per game at least fantasy wise he's averaging almost 26 points per game at home about 16 and a half on the road he's at home I mean it's all setting up for him and maybe Jason Garrett will remember that Dak Prescott actually has legs and then he can run with them because he decided not to let Dak run last week it's absolutely astounding coming off of his worst fantasy performance of the year last year uh but there's there's lots of reason to believe that Dak has a bounce back this week uh the 27 implied points is the Cowboys highest implied point total of the season Tampa Bay has been one of the worst defenses all year especially through the air they've been a little bit better of late uh their their pass rush has been pretty consistent all, all year but it's been their secondary that's really been getting roasted they're kind of middle of the pack over the past six weeks but still if we look at their schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed they're still bottom half of the league to every skill position uh the concern that I would have with Dak here is that not only has Tampa Bay's defense been a little bit better, uh, they have been running the ball on offense at a at a higher rate than we saw the first half of the season, and they've been playing at a slower pace. They, they're bottom five in terms of neutral pace, but those concerns are baked into Dak's salary. Uh, 7,300 Fandle, 5,700 on DraftKings makes him the QB 14 on both sides. So because he is so cheap and because we expect Dallas's offense to uh, be so efficient and high scoring relative to what we've seen throughout the year uh, he comes out as our top quarterback value on FanDuel top three on DraftKings and while Tampa Bay has kind of slanted towards the run a little bit more uh, in recent weeks Dallas has went the other way they're top 12 in neutral passing rate uh, neutral game script is is when the score is within seven points over the past six weeks and a lot of that has to do with uh, Amari Cooper. They've just been changing their, their game plan, spreading it out a little more. Uh, less eight in the box for, for Ezekiel Elliott, which has got him involved in the passing game. So that obviously all is going to help out Dak a lot this week. All right, so Dak Prescott won. Now we'll move on to a Carolina situation mm-hmm. here with Cam Newton out. Taylor Heineke, 6K on FanDuel, 4K on DK, taking on the Atlanta Falcons, Civ-like defense. You know, I was watching a little Heineke, um, busted out a touchdown run, found Curtis Samuel. He liked Curtis Samuel, hit him a couple of times yep. in a preseason two against the New England Patriots. Now, you know, th- this is going to be a tough sell um, for cash. And yeah. you got Nick Foles at 6K on FanDuel, and it was, what, $700 more on DraftKings. Yep. But sell me on Taylor Heineke and where I would want to use him. Uh, so you mentioned – Nick Foles on Fandle because Nick Foles is still minimum salary. I actually prefer uh, Foles over there to Heineke just because 
even though Foles didn't score a touchdown last week, we've seen him be very successful in this offense. And he was actually pretty uh, efficient last week. Uh, he didn't score a touchdown, but uh, did complete almost 70% of his passes and, and had a, a really nice yards per attempt. Uh, obviously, if he gets into the end zone, that looks a lot better. But over on DraftKings, Taylor Heineke's minimum salary, uh, $4,000 against a Falcons uh, team that ranks 30th in schedule-adjusted fantasy points allowed to uh, opposing quarterbacks. And what you're, th- the concern, obviously, here, if you're playing, if we're just looking at the Panthers' offense, is that you're obviously losing uh, their starting quarterback in Cam Newton, but the mobility of Cam is what really made him one of the safest plays week to week. Heineke obviously isn't Cam Newton, but he did have 22 rushing touchdowns in college. He has 4.740 yard dash, so he has some athleticism. Uh, he was decent in in the preseason uh, this year. Obviously, a lot of that's again ba- against backups, but his preseason line: 24 for 36, 323 yards, two touchdowns, and one pick. That's that's a pretty good line. Uh, he one thing that is good about this situation, it's not like Cam all of a sudden sustained a injury uh, last week that knocked him out out of the blue or midweek where Heineke isn't getting reps or has only gets one week of practice with the ones. Cam's been nursing this injury for multiple weeks and he's been sitting out, uh, if, if it hasn't been full practices, sitting out parts of practice where Heineke, he's been getting reps with ones for multiple weeks and one of the positions that you can punt, especially on DraftKings, is at quarterback uh, because, like I said, Heineke is going to give you a little bit of mobility. Atlanta's defense is very vulnerable, and that difference in $700 compared to if we're just looking at Nick Foles on DraftKings, that's a really big difference. That could be <clears throat> be the difference in rostering a, a second stud that you really like or, or not being able to get to uh, to that next expensive guy, and it's a concept we've talked about so many times on this podcast, obviously it's going to uh, be a very wide range of outcome play. It's it's going to the entire Carolina offense is uh, a big question mark. Uh, but if you're if you're rostering Heineke, especially on on DraftKings and cash, you're doing it for the salary savings and to get a starting quarterback that cheap uh, from a value perspective. It's it's a play that is often very profitable. All right, so there you go. Taylor Heineke, Dak Prescott, the two quarterbacks uh, we'll highlight here on the show today. Let's move on to running back because mm-hmm. with Cam Newton out, I want to get your take on what you think Christian McCaffrey's value, if his stock is going to take a hit mm-hmm. or if there's any way possible could actually uh, get more work. And then I do want to get to Gurley too because as we tape this right now, it's no sure thing he's going to play. But what do you think – the impact of no cam is going to have on McCaffrey. I, I would expect McCaffrey's workload to stay the same. Uh, he's obviously been one of the most uh, high volume backs in the league. He, he gets very high quality touches involved in the passing game, involved in the red zone. And on a per touch basis, I think he'll be fine. Um, my concern with Heineke under center isn't necessarily Christian McCaffrey's workload. It's that, the uh, the potential to have a huge bust comes from the fact that you have an ex- inexperienced quarterback that can really destroy game script for you. If he has a couple uh, turnovers, if, if the Falcons capitalize on his inexperience, maybe get a pick six or two or uh, strip sack recovery, uh, 
that could really blow things up for this game. So like I said, him being involved in this game just expands the range of outcomes of, of possibilities and puts a significantly higher percentage that the Falcons can run away with this one. Whereas if it was just Cam there, uh, that's probably pretty unlikely. So that's definitely my concern there. Um, I'm, I'm fine with Christian McCaffrey given his workload. He has a ceiling, but his floor is really low just because we don't know what this offense is going to look like with an yeah. inexperienced quarterback. And then on the other side, you got Gurley. Mm-hmm. And again, we tape this. We're here you know, early Thursday morning on the East Coast. And Gurley, if, if he plays, let's just assume that he's going to go in there and I would not assume that he's going to have a full workload. That being said, they're going up against the Arizona Cardinals, and Todd Gurley with 20 touches can still you know, get you some mm-hmm. big-time fantasy points. That being said, I'd lower the ceiling a bit with Gurley if he does end up playing. Absolutely, I agree. Uh, but if he does play, it's a spot where the, the Rams themselves are in, on a very good spot uh, as really big favorites. I think maybe more concern of the fact that if he does play and them limiting him from injury is that if they recognize, I think they're 14 point favorites or 13 point favorites, if they get there and it happens early, not even that they, they want to rotate in other backs in normal game script, it's just if they start blowing them out and he doesn't, and he gets hurt by touchdown variants, I think they'll almost surely not let him, complete the game but uh the the concern even if he was 100 percent healthy he's he hasn't been as dominant as he was early in the year and especially on FanDuel, he's 800 dollars more than zeke so you can't really prioritize him in that spot uh we have some other running backs that are in good spots the 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 expensive running backs have quite a few question marks around them uh this week but you can Obviously, go down to Zeke, who we'll talk about shortly. Uh, Saquon is is going to be a little bit safer. Even though Saquon's a big underdog, you know that he's going to get a huge workload. So on on DraftKings, if they're saying Todd Gurley's playing, on both sides, really, if they say he's playing, um, I, I think he is a risky cash play, but still a cash play nonetheless. Yeah, I'm, I'm saving Gurley for uh, GPPs. Sure. This week, uh, I, I would even I could save a ton of money on Nick Chubb. But let's get to the the two guys you're really gonna highlight here, and I want to start with Zeke because you mentioned yeah. 8,800 Fanduel, 9,000 on DK. Take it, uh, take it on this Tampa Bay team, which is just garbage defensively. <laughs> yeah, uh, adjusted fantasy points against Tampa Bay is 25th. Uh, they're just horrible, and yep. Zeke Elliott is just about as consistent as it comes. He's got to be option number one in cash games. I mean the tear that he's been on recently is it's it's unheard of. The, he's averaging thirty touches per game over the last six weeks. He hasn't seen less than twenty five touches in a game during that span. In those same six weeks, no other running back has at least twenty touches in every single game. So he's he's lapping the field right now in terms of volume. On DraftKings, he's up at that nine thousand dollar price point. So uh, you're probably still gonna prioritize him as your number one cash play. But on FanDuel, he's still priced below three other running backs. Uh, so I mentioned you're getting a discount on him compared to Gurley. McCaffrey we just talked about with, with no Cam Newton in there. And then Saquon's still $200 more than Zeke. So on, on FanDuel, you're actually still getting a pretty nice bargain. Uh, despite that that big salary, he's still our number one overall value on both sites. Uh, and 
speaking of his volume lately, a lot of it has had to do with the fact that they've been using him in the passing game. We talked about it uh, heading into last week because he was our top play last week. And after another game with a big uh, target share, he is now one of 10 players with, with at least 20% of his team's targets in every game over the last six weeks. He's the only running back in that group, which is pretty amazing considering that he's now leapfrog guys like McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley in terms of the most active running backs in his team's passing game. Uh, even without that usage in the passing game, he should have a really great game script this week because Dallas is favored by a touchdown at home. All right, so he's number one. Number two, uh, we get guys that are going to have a lot of touches that are backups that are getting an opportunity yep. to play. And Aaron Jones of the Packers on IR. Jamal Williams stepped right up. 5,800 FanDuel, 5,400 DraftKings. Aaron Rodgers says he's going to play. Mm-hmm. So he's out there saying he's going to play. That's a good thing for this Green Bay offense. And it's going to be tough to pass up Jamal Williams in cash. It's it's one of those DFS one-on-one situations when you're getting the the running back that's going to get a full workload because of an injury and his price doesn't account for it. Uh, all the other ancillary metrics kind of kind of go out the window. It's it's not a great matchup on paper. The the Jets have been very good against running backs, but uh, at that sub six thousand dollar price point for the potential between fifteen and twenty touches, uh, Williams is a guy that uh, you have to play with Aaron Jones on IR uh, these two backs they, they've went back after Aaron Jones kind of he it looked like he was gonna get the full workload and all of a sudden over the past few weeks they started mixing Williams in even before Jones got hurt uh, but those two have combined for over half of Green Bay's touches over the last six weeks you did mention the Rodgers thing and it's it's similar to uh, the issue with the Panthers if for some reason Aaron Rodgers uh, ends up not playing that's more of a concern than the t- tough matchup for me because uh, the the entire offense could sputter and and really struggle. So yes, he will still get the workload, but it it could be a situation where it's just a very slow, very ugly game with Rodgers in there. I don't think we need to worry about that as much. And uh, speaking of that tough matchup, they had a tough matchup last week against the Bears, and Williams still totaled 97 yards against that defense. So uh, even though the Jets have been very good against running backs. We just saw it last week. Williams can put up a pretty good line against a tough defense. Yeah, and it doesn't matter that he's not as talented as Aaron Jones. <laughs> You're laughing, yeah. right? No, we no. We, we don't yeah. care. Right. We just want him to have the ball in his hands a whole bunch yeah. in a good situation. And, you know, the the only thing that concerned me, and that was at the beginning of the year, he was getting 17 to 20 touches um, the first couple of games of the season, he did yep. nothing with him. He just he just wasn't scoring touchdowns. Well, last week, um, a little over four yards but, uh, per carry. But what I liked was he got five ta- targets, he caught yeah. four balls, and he scored a touchdown. So I'm not as high on the floor with Jamal Williams. Um, it just seems as though uh, it, it's nice salary relief, but he has to score a touchdown to pay off. Sure, uh, and and that's really all it is. It's it's that salary salary relief. Uh, it's it's the fact that the one one indicator to me about how this game could go is obviously we always look at at, at Vegas totals, but even throughout the the question of whether or not Rodgers would play. They didn't even pull the game off the board. They left the Packers as three and a half point favorites. Uh, so they're saying that they they weren't even scared about taking that risk on those bets. 
without without us knowing if Rodgers is going to play. So that was pretty interesting to me. All right, let's move on to the wide receiver position now. And we're going to go and start in New Orleans. Man, Michael Thomas, for as talented as he is and as often as he's thrown to, he hasn't hit 100 yards in six games. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's an arbitrary number, right? 100 yards in six sure. games. He hadn't scored a touchdown in four games. Um, against Tampa Bay, he did have 13 targets. He caught 11 for 98 yards. But you know, this this Michael Thomas is not the same guy we saw. I'd even go as far through that Rams game where he had 211 yards at a touchdown. Then the Bengals, he scored a couple of touchdowns. So really the last, I don't know, five games or so, four games, I'd say. The last four games, this has not been Michael Thomas-like. What do you like about him this week against Pittsburgh? You mentioned he, he hasn't scored a, a touchdown in, in a while, and that's something that I actually prefer to target in my DFS players because uh, one salary relies on recent performance, which is – uh, obviously, there's huge spikes of values depending on on touchdown variance, and when players aren't scoring touchdowns, it lowers their salary. So if we look at someone like Thomas compared to DeAndre Hopkins or Julio Jones, you're getting uh, a slight discount in salary, which is why we have him projected as the top value at his position on both sites. And we're looking for the situation where these players that haven't scored touchdowns recently can bounce back, and they're there are a ton of indicators to suggest that Michael Thomas is, is going to have a, a bounce back touchdown performance, 25 red zone targets on the season, 28% of his team's red zone targets on the season. And the saints are projected for over 29 points. So they're going to have a lot of scoring opportunities. So Michael Thomas, 8,300 on FanDuel, 8,100 on DraftKings. Uh, you're getting a little bit of a discount compared to those other top receivers with arguably more touchdown equity than any of them and his his target share it's it's consistent you know he's going to get work he is top six in target share over the last six weeks he's one of only four players that have seen at least a quarter of his team's targets in every single game over the last month Uh, so he's he's still a safe play and he still has a high ceiling because this offense is in a really good spot Um, even though Pittsburgh has, has been decent in the passing game on defense uh, you you aren't losing much by going to Thomas if anything you're probably gaining a little bit because you are are getting that salary relief over the the Jones and the Hopkins types there's no better game on a schedule just in a real life football sure. I have to watch this game this is this is going to be so much fun because you know Drew Brees has not been playing at the same level the last couple of weeks as he mm-hmm. was earlier on in the season you got Ben Roethlisberger who probably is going to need surgery before the game, but he won't have it till after the season. Um, and this is uh, this is one of those four twenty-five Eastern time games. Yep. This is huge. I mean, the Steelers got to win this uh, for the playoff picture. The Saints are still fighting for home field advantage. I'm, I really am interested to see if this game, you know, pushes the 60-point mark or if it goes into an underrated Saints defense and the Steelers defense that can take care of business and maybe we see a game in the 20s. I don't know. I, I really have not decided which way I'm leaning on this game, but to me, this is the game of the week. It's not even close. The the way the the Saints defense has been playing lately has uh, it could really end up being being the wild card in this game, uh, especially their pass defense. They uh, they're top three in adjusted yards per attempt allowed over the last six weeks, and Pittsburgh they've been wanting to throw the ball more than anything. They have the highest neutral passing rate in that situation, so that matchup can really end up determining how this game flow goes. If you, if you think that uh, Pittsburgh can get it done against the secondary, then you want to bank on that back-and-forth shootout. 
But there, the way New Orleans defense has been playing, there is a there is a, a chance. The the range of outcomes is that they could run away with this one. Then there's Lattimore. You know, is he going to go up against Antonio? Mm-hmm. Is he going to go? Where is he going? I mean, that, this game is fascinating to me. I also like the, off the main slate the Kansas City Seattle game. Oh yeah, nice too. But. Uh, let's move on here because who doesn't want to see the Green Bay Packers and the New York Jets, two teams out of contention. Aaron Rodgers wants to play because he says he's the leader. Uh, his groin is about to fall out of his body. On the other side, Sam. Da- How about Sam Darnold last week? Huh? Yeah. Let it fly. I think that was someone you were on. Robbie Anderson, fifty nine hundred Fanduel, forty five hundred DK, taking on the Packers. I like Robbie Anderson too. Um, this is a value play. Green Bay cannot cover wide receivers. What do you like about Robbie Anderson? We've seen his his usage grow in recent weeks, and we don't really have a lot of of really cheap values on this slate. It's the studs are really dominating the the value reports this week. So uh, Robbie Anderson definitely stands out at the position as as a salary saving option. Fifty nine hundred on Fanduel, forty five hundred on DraftKings is where he's really cheap, and and Green Bay. Uh, they rank in the bottom 10 in schedule-adjusted fantasy points allowed to opposing wide receivers. The targets are great. Uh, seven targets in three straight games. We saw 11 targets to Robbie Anderson last week. What really stands out is the kind of targets he's getting. He's top 15 in deep targets, which is defined as anything 15 or more yards downfield. Top 10 in market share of his team's air yards over the last six weeks. So not only is he getting uh, a high target volume, but high efficiency targets in terms of potential fantasy scoring. So with all those things combined, uh, that that price tag is really inviting, and he can have a, a really big boom game here against a Green Bay secondary that's been pretty suspect. And, and yeah, Darnold suddenly being a little more efficient and getting Anderson the ball. And I just don't understand why the Packers uh, just shut down Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. You know, he's been playing injured since week one, so his knees bother him. Now his groin is bothering him. I, I don't get it. Uh, <laughs> there's just nobody in that organization to tell him not to play. And on the other side, Sam Darnold. Uh, a lot of people have jumped ship on Sam Darnold, but there's no reason to do that. This kid, this kid's special. He's 21 years old still. It's He's amazing. still a baby. And you know, Robbie Anderson has a chance to be a star in this league if he can, you know, uh, stay healthy and stay on the right path with Sam Darnold. All right, uh, last wide receiver to get to here, Calvin Ridley. Uh, taking on Carolina with the Falcons, 5,500 FanDuel, 5,100 DraftKings. And I think Carolina is just a team that you want to you want to target in the passing game. And I, I know um, it could be a blowout. You know, maybe the Panthers don't stay around because the Heineke is mm-hmm. starting a quarterback. But Calvin Ridley is an interesting play here. Why do you think he is? Well, Carolina is, you mentioned, they're, they're a defense you want to attack through the air. Uh, they filter fantasy points to the passing game. They We have them ranked as a top five defense versus running backs. They rank 22nd versus both quarterbacks and wide receivers. So the natural inclination is going to go to Julio because he's, he's the consistent one. Uh, he gets some more targets. Calvin Ridley's targets have been uh, kind of all over the map, but he he... He has spike games where he sees seven to ten targets, but he'll follow that up with a with a game where he sees four targets. Uh, the thing that really interests me here is the fact that the uh, 
the Panthers use a shadow cornerback. So James Bradbury will, will be shadowing Julio, and that doesn't make Julio a bad play because James Bradbury hasn't even been that great himself. But what it does is it forces Dante Jackson to follow Calvin Ridley, and Dante Jackson has been arguably the worst cornerback in the league over the past six weeks, last in yards per target allowed, last in fantasy points uh, per target allowed. And as a team, Carolina allowing the second most fantasy points per pass attempt in that same time span. So there, this is a very high variance play, not just because of Heineke, not just because of how this game can go, but Calvin really just doesn't see consistent targets, but he has probably the best individual matchup of the week and and going after Dante Jackson, you know, you're going to get him on Dante Jackson for almost all of the snaps can, can really pay dividends. And even though, um, I think Atlanta will draw some ownership. I don't know if Calvin Ridley will be a super popular player. Um, just so we didn't talk about this player before the show started, but I mean, your take on DeAndre Hopkins this week, the Eagles, it depends on which defense you think the Eagles are the one that showed up mm-hmm. last week or the defense that's been there the whole year. And, feel like nook is almost matchup proof that being said the numbers have not been as good without will fuller as opposed to with will fuller but last week it didn't matter is deandre going off again this week he's he's just sees sees such a high target share uh most uh highest target share in the league over the last six weeks philadelphia did have a good game last week but they still if we adjust for strength of schedule and that that's a 10-week rolling average so it's it's not like it's just recent recent or or um doesn't take everything into account it's that's a long rolling average with a decent sample size still 31st against the position uh still a banged up secondary i'm I'm not going to count on them to all of a sudden just be a, a great secondary and hopkins gets such a big workload in this offense that i i actually like houston's passing game a lot all around this week all right let's move on to the tight end position now and speaking of houston they get carved up by the tight end position. Yeah. That's uh, you're saying, yeah, oh yeah. And here you got it in your note, Houston, twenty sixth in tight ends uh, again in adjusted fantasy points again. So if you're going to target the Texans, it's going to be through the tight end. Uh, the best tight end in the NFL, not named Travis Kelsey. Uh, his name is Zach Ertz, and he's mm-hmm. seventy four hundred on Fanduel. He's fifty nine hundred on DK, and I think a lot of people are going to overlook him because. He hasn't put up some good scores over the last couple of weeks. This this a lot like Michael Thomas. Yep. It, super talent, prices down, attack. Put him in your lineup. We haven't seen uh, Josh Hermsmeyer's air yards by low model yet come out this week, but uh, but the the whole premise of that is we want to be following the volume. And like Michael Thomas, Zacherts, he hasn't seen a dip in volume, but he does have back-to-back bad fantasy games, so that's going to drive people off of him. He still projects as our top value at the position on both FanDuel and DraftKings. Uh, as we've said the past few weeks, we're just running out of options at tight end. There's There just aren't viable plays. The It's it's four or five guys and then no one. Uh, no Travis Kelsey on the main slate this week. Zachert's 7,400 FanDuel, 5,900 DraftKings. That matches his lowest salary of the season on DraftKings. But it, like I said, it's not like he's all of a sudden disappeared. Seven targets per game, uh, seven targets in every game over the last month. And the thing that I, I really like about this matchup, not just that Houston gets shredded by tight ends, but that they've really struggled against the slot, six most yards per target to the slot over the last six weeks. And that's where Ertz sees a huge percentage of his targets. 
All right, so if you're paying up a tight end this week, Zach Ertz, uh, the way to go. And as you look down, how about the Indianapolis Colts defense? It's been terrific. They're going up against the Giants offense that was shut out last week. But let's assume that Odell Beckham's out again. Sterling Shepard really hasn't put up any numbers. Evan Ingram is up on the uh, the radar here. 5,700 Fandle, 4,600 DK. Why Evan Ingram? We all thought, or, or a lot of a lot of people, including myself, thought that when Odell went out, that it was going to be Sterling Shepard that stepped into uh, the bigger role. But it's been Evan Ingram, and and Pat James was really the first one on this. Uh, when we talked about it last week, I, I believe on this podcast that him and Eli were were working on some things going into. Uh, week 14 but the Giants really ran away with that game against the Redskins and they kind of stopped throwing the ball but that continued into last week Evan Ingram saw uh, 12 targets and now they face that Colts defense that you talked about they, they've they been playing better but if we adjust for strength of schedule against tight ends they rank 29th against the position and you're still getting uh, a really nice discount on, on Ingram 5700 Fanduel, like you said 4600 on DraftKings Odell's another one that's interesting I like we just talked about with Aaron Rodgers why don't they just shut it down why even make Odell play through a, a, a injury that we're not even you know we're not sure how healthy he is um, he's not going to yeah, he's, I, he's I, not playing this week. It's, I would assume he doesn't. Yeah, he's not playing. Well, this week, it's a, yeah, it's almost a certainty, and we'll see if they decide to run him out there week 17. It just seems pretty stupid that you would do that. Um, then against the Giants, I'm not going to second-guess anything there. Mm-hmm. I do have one other well, guy I want to talk to you about. Sure. Gronkowski. Now, um, he, he's, he had scored touchdowns in two or three weeks, and uh, against Minnesota – he kind of fell flat, three for twenty-six, and last week against Pittsburgh, two for twenty-one. The Bills, when you look at his uh, recent history against him, one hundred nine, five for mm-hmm. one hundred nine, nine for one forty-seven, five for sixty-seven. Then week eight, three catches for forty-three yards. He scored in two of those four games. I mean, Gronk's not even cash viable anymore at this point. But is there a, is there any real upside with Gronk at this point in his career, given the injuries? I I think just given this New England offense and and that uh, they've been a little more efficient over the past couple of weeks that anytime they have a point total like they do hovering around twenty eight points he's still going to have touchdown upside and his salary is is it's palatable at this point sixty six hundred on Fanduel uh, only fifty six hundred on DraftKings so when you assuming that you're going to follow the implied point totals you're going to have some mix of of patriot stacks in there somewhere uh the the concern for me is do you do you follow the 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 player versus team narrative where we don't have a big sample uh or do you look at the fact that buffalo has just been really good in the passing game uh, i i'm kind of default to the offense playing more efficient tom brady's been more efficient over the past couple of weeks and and if they're are clicking on all cylinders they're they're everybody in the offense is going to have touchdown upside uh, his salary is is such that I'm I'm not opposed to, to having some shares of him, but um, it's it's not definitely like you said not reliable enough to play in cash games. And and Buffalo's been good against the position, second against tight ends when adjusted for strength of schedule. Well, let's switch to the defense. We'll stay with the Patriots because mm-hmm. they're going up against the Buffalo Bills. Forty three hundred Fanduel, twenty five hundred DraftKings. I I told you I do so a lot of Survivor pool. 
uh, work. And I've been saving the Patriots for this week, and it's because the Buffalo offense is a disaster. I mean, Mm -hmm. fantasy-wise, Josh Allen has been giving us elite quarterback production over the last three weeks. He's He's been spectacular. All he does is run. He still turns the ball over. He's highly inaccurate. And uh, this is a Buffalo offense that is down to their eight-string running back. I, I haven't even seen if LaShawn McCoy is walking anymore. Is he, even, is he alive? I, I don't know. Well, even if he plays, he's not He's not LaShawn McCoy anymore. No. This offense is horrible. I, I, like, I like Foster and Zay Jones and all these young guys, but um, maybe two years from now we'll be able to like him a little bit more. This is just a... This is going to be a disaster for the Buffalo offense, I think, against the Patriots defense. Maybe, you know, not the sexiest defense out there, but they're going up against an offense that's a train wreck. Uh, They're favored by 13 points at home, which is an indicator that we always want for our uh, our fantasy defenses and they're extremely affordable 4300 on Fanduel is a nice price on DraftKings they're only 2500 so the Patriots are, are very viable there as our top value against a a Buffalo offense that ranks 31st when adjusted for strength of schedule uh, with Josh Allen in there the the Bills have been able to avoid sacks because he's so mobile but they still allow one of the highest pressure rates in the league. So as long as you're letting defenders into your backfield, it's eventually going to turn into sacks and turnovers, no matter how mobile your quarterback is. And even though Allen has been able to, to scramble and, and pile up fantasy points on the ground, he still has one of the highest interception rates in the league. So that pressure has been resulting in turnovers. And if, if new England gets up early and this 13, uh, this 13 point spread, uh, comes to fruition early in the game, it's a situation where all of a sudden Patriots are in a great game script and uh, it, it doesn't really matter how mobile Allen is. He's going to have to start throwing it more than they want him to. You know, and again, just from a DFS perspective, I'm all for using Josh Allen this week. I think mm-hmm. Josh Allen you know, could probably run for another 75 yards, maybe score uh, sure. on the ground too. But sure. You know, if you're looking at it from a, a defensive perspective, this is a great spot, uh, just a terrific spot mm-hmm. right now for them. Now, the other team to get to, because Heineke is starting for the Panthers, is the Atlanta Falcons. Yep. Now, the Falcons have been trashed defensively. This yep. is not a good defensive team. So what you're banking on is the game just being too fast for Heineke. And the Falcons are our team that we pointed out last week on this podcast because they were in a good situation as as favorites. Uh, and I believe they, I believe they were the number one fantasy defense last week. I think they, they put up a tw- twenty spot had a, had a pick six. So it's we've talked about it so many times. You just need a you don't need a good defense in real life. You need a defense in a good situation. And the Falcons they're thirty four hundred on Fanduel, twenty three hundred on DraftKings. So you're getting a a ton of salary savings. And uh, again, just like we've talked about with the Carolina offense. The entire game here has a wide range of outcomes, so Falcons are not a safe play, uh, but you you can make the argument that because you're saving so much, they're cash-worthy just because you, if you want to punt that defense position, it's going to get you up to, to more uh, expensive studs. And uh, obviously in, in tournaments, when you're facing a, a backup quarterback in a situation like this, you automatically have a, a much higher ceiling, so... I'm I'm definitely rolling out uh, a lot of Falcons this week with a backup quarterback in there. And speaking, I I just we we kind of started talking about this a little bit with with Ingram and and Odell and and Aaron Rodgers. 
this is way more prevalent in, in week 17, but one thing to think about this week when you're making cash game lineups is uh, all those teams that are all of a sudden out of playoff contention and quote-unquote aren't playing for anything, these guys that seem safe, um, a lot of players are just going to have wider ranges of outcomes because these coaches are, are going to want to see some of these other players that uh, that are deeper on the depth chart. Um, we, we'll, we'll see it. You, you'll see a handful of players this week, where, no matter what position, where all of a sudden they're, they're down uh, 80% snap guy, um, might only see 60% of snaps or something like that. So it, the, it's not as in the forefront as it is in week 17. But if you, if you see some rumblings about it, uh, that's something you definitely want to pay attention to because this is a time of year where some, some really strange things can happen to your rosters and it's not, uh, it's not automatic. Look at the past data or, or usage and assume that's going to be the case now that these teams are eliminated. Yeah. You know, it's interesting too. This will be the last week that I play um, cash games really Mm -hmm. week 16 is the last one. I mean, I suppose it's possible that every team is still in it and they're rolling mm. out, you know, the players. But this will be the last week I play cash. 17 and into the playoffs, forget about it. It's a different game. Yeah, and that's something with that we're obviously next week, week 17, we're definitely going to be talking about that. But uh, so many players will be sitting uh, next week, especially depending how how this week plays out. If, if a lot of teams are all of a sudden locked into specific seeds after this week, uh, it's just like every other week, 16, lots of players not playing, only playing a quarter or a half. Um, so, th- so the strategy is definitely going to change from here on out. And even though we still have five more weeks of, of DFS, this is really our last week of, of normalcy. Um, the, all of the, a, a lot of the data that we look at that gets us to what we talked about here all year, it, it's, it's going to change a lot next week. So um, I'll probably still play some cash next week, but yeah, definitely going to start dialing it back and, um, and, and definitely going to once playoffs hit, it's almost, it's almost all uh, GPPs for me. I mean, you can, you, I, I think there is some strategy where if you are only playing GPPs, obviously you're not going to play your, your full allocation of money because it's more risky, but you, you can, take uh, a little bit less risk by doing something like taking all your GPP lineups and, and throwing them into, into 50 fifties just to give yourself a little bit of a safety net. But, uh, but yeah, it's, we'll, we'll definitely get into it in the coming weeks and, and, and talk about how we're managing that for sure. It's a really good point. Yep. And I think, I think uh, if I remember correctly last year, week 17 tournaments and a lot of 10 mans, a lot of 10 mans. Sure. And, and that's what I'm, uh, I'll be rolling out there. Yeah. But a little bit of and, cash this week. Yeah, and uh, and yeah, I think probably next week we'll we'll just dedicate a lot of the time on this podcast just to. It's almost similar to preseason. You're, it's it's more important just to be tracking the news in week seventeen than really looking at stats. It's yeah. it's an interesting week. Uh, we still got our partnership here four for four with DraftKings, mm-hmm. bringing every, any of our memberships for free. All you got to do is go to four for four dot com backslash DraftKings. You get full access to our most accurate rankings, lineup generator, optimal lineups, premium articles, and all the great features in our plan. All for five bucks, and then you can enter that into contests and potentially win more. So go to 444.com backslash DraftKings and follow the instructions. Let's talk about some Yahoo. So last week, $250,000 in overlay, Mm -hmm. a $1 million game. They're doing it again. Yeah, it's 
such a good contest that uh, I I. I couldn't not talk about it and, and in good conscience think that we're doing our job on this podcast, trying to give people the, the <laughs> yeah. best possible chance to win money. And, um, and I, 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 I don't want to say the f- field was, was soft because I know there was a lot of buzz in the industry about this tournament, but I talked, I, I, I stay in touch with a lot of really good players and I know that there is a, a decent chunk of people that play decent volume that didn't even bother to, to play the tournament last week for whatever reason. Um, people don't like change. They, they don't want to deposit on a new site. Uh, lots of reasons. It just, um, it, it's late in the season. People are just kind of stuck in their routines. But Yahoo is offering this game again, $250,000 in overlay. Basically means no rake. Um, for those that, that didn't listen or didn't get a chance to play last week, the it's a twenty dollar buy in. It's only ten max. So even if you don't have a huge bankroll, you're not really um, at a big disadvantage to to the players with a huge bankroll because they don't have the option to throw in one hundred fifty lineups. Only ten percent of the money goes to first, which is it's it, that's a great uh, structure for this huge tournament. But you still have a chance to win a hundred thousand dollars. Twenty five percent of the field is paid out. If you min cash, you double your money, which is not standard for most of these major tournaments. So you're getting a lot of upside in a really great structure tournament. Um, and and if you're if you're trying to to be the most profitable uh, DFS player, you have to take advantage of these things. And and it was it was a great four for four week last uh, last week. Um, we and on Yahoo specifically, and and we really made a push to. I, I was telling people in every article, every podcast, that if you have a chance to play, you should be playing this tournament. Uh, I think it's about 30, 37,000 people in the tournament. Uh, just from based on just replies uh, on on Twitter, I believe four of the top one hundred finishes in that top uh, in that Yahoo tournament were four for four subs. Wow, um, really? So that was yeah. So that was really exciting. That is terrific. Yeah, um, and it is kind of cool from the standpoint that. You can get in on Yahoo and you get the Sunday night game is yes. their, kind of their main slate. So it's it's like FanDuel, half point PPR, you get the flex, but you also get the Kansas City Seattle game, mm-hmm. which you're not going to get on the other sites. And I've, I forgot to talk about this last week and the, the strategy that goes into having that Sunday night game. And, and this used to be common knowledge, but uh, for for people that have only been in DFS for, for a year or, or last year and a half, um, they haven't really had to use the one game uh, late swap. They're still obviously late swap, and you still use it for injuries, and, and uh, you should be using late swap when, when the uh, 1 p.m. games are ending and the 4 p.m. games are starting, but it's kind of hard to do when there, there isn't a break between games, and if there's, if there's three or four games, you can't really, um, on, the late, on the late games, you can't really use a ton of game theory. But when there's only one late game in the situation that uh, Yahoo uses with the late swap, it's imperative that you're using it if you're entered the tournament uh, for game theory because the, the, the most common situation is say you have a chance to, to win the GPP or place very highly. Um, what you can do, and the, the easiest thing is just look at the first place guy if they have player minutes remaining, but really looking at, at all the lineups ahead of you. Uh, just for a short example, let's say you're, you're 10th going into, into the night game and the player in first, um, you guys both have one player available. What you want to do, you want to look at that lineup that's ahead of you with players available and look at their salary remaining. And, and based on how much salary they have remaining, you can reverse engineer who that 
uh, owner has left in the game. So uh, this coming week, let's say you both have a quarterback going into the game and, and you look at the salaries and you guys both have enough salary left to have uh, Patrick Mahomes. Well, obviously, if you have if you both have the same player, you don't have a chance to catch that guy. So you have you you have to swap to the other player at the same position to give yourself a chance to leapfrog and, and get that first place prize. Um, and those that maybe have only been playing DFS this year just aren't familiar with that because you haven't had to do it with the game with with the slates only covering the uh, the the one p.m. and the four p.m. games and. I actually might have this is it, this is so important that I might have to sit this one out because I'm going to be on a plane during the time that that late swap would be play, taking place. That's how important it is to be around for that. It, it's literally the difference in in tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars if you if you're not available to do it. Are you flying like a prop plane or something that doesn't have Wi-Fi? What's the matter? <laughs> well, no, I mean, you, you, you need to, I'm going to be in the airport getting on the planes and like right when all that's going. So you need to be able to sit down, go through all these lineups, go through these salaries, reverse engineer who's available and then decide who the swap is. And, and if you're, you know, if I'm, if I'm in line or, or right trying to board as it's happening, um, that could literally cost, you know, tens of thousands of dollars. All right, let's get. I'm gonna try this. to make it work, but I'm just saying my my point is that's how important it is. If you don't think you're gonna be able to do it, uh-huh. uh, do it, it might not even be worth playing, even though it's such a great structure. You could be costing yourself so much money. You should just go old school, get a paper ticket. Okay, no one's gonna bother you. They're not gonna tell you if they tell you to turn your phone off. Say, okay, I turned my phone off. Don't <laughs> turn it off. Just play. Yeah. Hey, let, let's get into some players here. Damian mm. Williams, eighteen bucks, top three value overall. Um, so he's the pass catching back there, mm-hmm. but Spencer Ware was not playing last week. Right. What if Spencer Ware is in there? What does that do to Damian Williams and his value? Then obviously we're in a situation where probably the, the, the touches are going to be split up a, a lot more. And all of a sudden he's going to drop really down, um, our value list. And what I want to do here in the section uh, for theory is just go over some of these plays that are, are specific to Yahoo. Obviously mm-hmm. these Sunday night games are aren't going to show up in our value reports um, on, on FanDuel and DraftKings because it doesn't include this game. But there are there are a couple plays that uh, where they're just unique to, to Yahoo this week. But as it stands right now, uh, Damian Williams is a top three overall, overall value on Yahoo across all positions. The... The minimum uh, is is ten dollars for position players on Yahoo. Damian Williams is only eighteen dollars. Uh, he saw sixteen touches last week. Seattle ranks twenty first in schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed to running back. So right now Williams is a great value. Probably if if wears out, uh, Williams will be one of the highest owned players on on this um, on this slate. Um, but uh, if you are if you are stacking um, this game, he's probably going to to be involved there. So it's it's another thing that we have the the late night late swap that we just talked about. It, it might come down to um, having Spencer Ware there. Um, it might be a game time decision. So another layer of strategy here is if you have Damian Williams, um, it might be best to make sure you have a stack or maybe just put in a, a slightly more expensive player than Williams if even if you plan on playing him so in, in the case that Spencer Ware is pronounced active then you can uh, you can swap 
and not just have eighteen dollars left, have a couple more bucks left to to swap to a more viable play if we're plays. So that's a another layer of strategy to think about when we have these uh, questionable tags in the late night. Yep, we got Chris Carson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carson is a guy who just blew up last week. Uh, it's a Seattle at home. We know that Kansas City struggles against everything defensively. Twenty um, seventh in running back adjusted fantasy points against. So. Chris Carson at 21 bucks on Yahoo looks like a, a guy that you might want to throw in there, if not at the running back position, maybe even the flex. Yeah, now Kansas City, uh, they're one of two teams that 4 for 4 has ranked in the bottom 10 of schedule-adjusted fantasy points allowed to every skill position. So hopefully Seattle takes advantage of this. It's This is actually a really interesting spot because uh, Kansas City is only favored by three. They're 28 implied points. It's actually their second lowest implied point total since week six. So I don't know that this game is necessarily uh, the the back and forth shootout that basically every time Kansas City steps on the field, that's what to expect from the game. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see how this one plays out. Seattle has the third highest neutral rush rate uh, over the last six weeks. If they're able to slow it down a little bit, this can be a lower scoring game on both sides than people might expect. And it it, uh, it could be a reason to, I don't know, obviously on Yahoo you only have uh, uh, 10 lineups, but whereas maybe Kansas City might account for, I don't know, four of your 10 lineups or, or the Kansas City game stack might account for four of your 10 lineups and, and in any other week. Going with, with one or two and being underweight on the field might not be a horrible idea where people are really looking for that Sunday night hammer. All right. Um, we also have Tevin Coleman on the other side. I love this mm-hmm. call, by the way. Absolutely yeah. love this call because if we're talking Falcons and you think that the Falcons are going to take care of business against uh, the Panthers because Heineke's in there and Cam mm-hmm. Newton is out, then why would you not take a bite out of their, their uh, lead rusher? At least you think Tevin Coleman's going to get the, the most carries out of that backfield. Absolutely. I just like him as a tournament play, period, um, on, on any site because – I, I mentioned with Calvin Ridley how the Carolina defense is one that, that filters fantasy points to uh, the passing game. But if with that with that wide open game script, we don't know what it's going to look like with Heineke in there. If Atlanta can get in a positive game script, Coleman uh, could be in a situation where, where he's a, a very good GPP play. The reason we're specifically mentioning him here is because he's only four dollars above the minimum so he mm. he he if you look and on four for four and on Fanduel and DraftKings, he's not going to pop in our lineup generator but on yahoo when you look he definitely pops on there yeah i'm not too concerned about brian hill taking carries away from tevin coleman so i think that's a nice play there at quarterback sam darnold 22 bucks we already talked about robbie anderson mm-hmm. um on the Fanduel DraftKings uh, side of things but you know, Sam Darnold, again, looked very, very good last week. Green Bay struggles against the wide receiver position, and there's probably not going to be a lot of people on Sam Darnold. Darnold's priced uh, decently ab- above the the minimum on, on FanDuel and DraftKings. On, on Yahoo, the quarterback minimum is $20. Darnold's only $22. So you mentioned Anderson. He's going to be a popular value play on uh, across all sites, across all formats. So having Darnold will be a nice way to get a unique lineup in a spot where you do want Anderson in your lineup who's going to be relatively high owned. Green Bay's 20th in schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed to the quarterback position uh and even though I've I've 
kind of been harping on. I, I did mention Heineke as as a, a cheap punt play, uh, but I also said it's going to be a, a wide range of outcomes and, and that the Falcons are going to be a good defensive play, obviously, where you don't uh, roster Heineke. But Darnold here on Yahoo at only $22, he's going to be a, a nice price pivot off Heineke who should draw, even if it's only, I don't know, 7 or 8% ownership, I, Darnold probably will come in well below 5%. All right, last but not least, I like uh, Alshon Jeffrey mm-hmm. a lot on all uh, the sites. Yep. And Jeffrey at 17 bucks on Yahoo, is he's still getting volume. You know, he's still getting volume. There is a floor there. So maybe, I'm personally, you know, cash games might be the, go, the way to go with Jeffrey. Mm-hmm. But if you think the Eagles are going to put points up, Alshon Jeffrey at $17, it's got to be popping on the generator. Yeah, and again, he he is a a good value on on all the sites, but he's a great value on on Yahoo. He's just priced down more there. Uh, only seven dollars above the minimum. Eight targets, twenty six percent target share with Foles last week. That gives him two weeks in a row uh, with eight plus targets. Uh, he's going to be going against Sharice Wright. Houston's been vulnerable to wide receivers kind of across the board, but Sharice Wright has, has been uh, probably their worst cornerback. 12th most fantasy points per target over the last six weeks among uh, week 16 starters, and that makes Alshon a, a top four wide receiver value on Yahoo, which is much higher than we have them on any of the other sites. Yep, so there you go. That's uh, the plays on Yahoo, and if you're putting in – you know, if you are putting in 10 lineups, there's no way in hell that you can get on a plane and do that. But one lineup? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I just wanted to bring it up as uh, again I just wanted to TJ I'm busting make, your balls buddy I know yeah I just know. I just want to make sure people know how important that that late swap feature is for these late games just because we we haven't had to do it this year it's very important I'll end up playing I'm a degenerate it's very <laughs> all right remember everybody DFS MVP promo twenty five percent off after the price drop um, it's basically peanuts and you might as well try it now and see if it makes you any better because it probably will. Um, you tell them about the rate and review t-shirt giveaway and then tell everybody else what you want them to know because I'm Dunsky, brother. I'm Dunsky, brother. It oh, is, I, uh, I, I think we forgot that at the top of the, the pod, so you're going to get uh, rewarded for listening to the end if, if you made it this far. Uh, every week, uh, if you leave us a five-star rating and review, you'll, you'll be uh, entered to win a free 4 for 4 t-shirt, which uh, the great Josh Moore just, just re-upped the staff for our um, – end of season christmas package so we got some nice swag coming if you want some leave what us did a, you choose i i took the hoodie what'd you get i already have two hoodies so i went i Ugh. went um i went red and gray t-shirts because i i i'm i'm not joking when i on this when i say i love them i wear them so much that i wear them out quicker than all of my other t-shirts uh so i, I needed some fresh i need some fresh gear there I didn't uh, but, even know it, and I know you're trying to get done with this read, but I didn't no. know it. But th- I guess the first three times I saw my chiropractor over the last two weeks that I wore <laughs> the shirt, he's like, you've been wearing this shirt every time. What's the four for four? I was like, oh, yeah, I'm glad you finally noticed, and I'm glad that I know now that I wear the shirt way too much because it's really comfy. <laughs> it is. They're the best. Uh, last week, the the user saw it, hated it. Great, great name. Saw it, hated it, left us a nice five-star review. Uh, so saw it, hated it. Uh, hit me up on Twitter at TJ Hernandez, and I'll give you the details on how to get your free T-shirt. Again, if you guys want one, uh, leave us a five-star rating and review. And if you like us uh, and want more of us outside of the podcast, you can follow both myself and Holden on Twitter. I'm at TJ Hernandez. Holden is at Holden Radio. And we'll see you guys next week for the last 
week of the regular season. Hold up. Hey, 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 hey.